How to start a business. I've made a variety of these videos and uh, I figured I'd make a quick start guide so that you understand the three basic phases of starting a business. I do this thing all the time over and over and over and over and over. Rinse and repeat. Once you get into the habit of starting a business, you will create more than one business. You will create small businesses. You will create medium-sized businesses. You might even create a big business. This is the quick start guide to show you how to do it. As usual, brought to you by the entrepreneurs field guide, the book, and the guided course. If you actually want to dig deep into this process, you got to buy the book. You got to check out the course. I walk you through it myself, you know, Professor Crown, so to speak. That's where that stuff lives. Anyway, here's a quick start guide. Let's get into it. So here's the episode breakdown, section by section, only three sections today. Very straightforward. Number one, the test is section one. Section two, the delivery, the delivery of your product and service. And finally, section three is the scale, right? So scaling this thing up, making that impact bigger and bigger and bigger hiring talent, using tech, getting smarter, investing back into marketing, what have you. These are the three phases of the business. Oh, we're going to have a little bonus round uh, at the end, so please do stick around. Section one, learn to love testing. You got to love testing. You've got to learn to love it because you're going to do it over and over and over again. In fact, it is the only thing that you can assure yourself you're going to do on a daily basis is run small tests. I like to say cheap tests to determine if you're right. Now, cheap is a lot different to a bigger business as it is to a smaller business. So a cheap test is relative to you. But what I see people do is they say, ah, I want to create the bakery of my dreams. And they go down the street and they rent a $30,000 a month frontage in Soho of Manhattan. And then they go out of business because no one likes their cookies or they made a mistake or their supplier didn't bring the right chocolate chips that day. Please don't do this. A small test is a way to prove that your hunch and your skills are right. What I like to say is you need to face the market. The market is not mom and dad. The market is not Uncle Tony. The market means a lot of people. If you bake, a lot of people need to eat your bread before you can determine if it's good or bad. If you write code, a lot of people need to play with your software to see if it's useful and if ultimately they want to pay for it. So what does a test look like? I say a test has to be cheap and easy for you. So a test that's cheap and easy for me might look different compared to you. Okay, let me talk about the cheap test. Let me talk about the low tech tests. And let me talk about a little techie test that you should absolutely learn how to do even if you're not high tech. Number one, surveys, surveys, surveys surveys, literally a piece of paper walking around town, going into your office. Of course, you can digitize this. You can go to things like SurveyMonkey. This stuff is basically free. Just asking questions. Hey, if I were to create this thing, would you be interested in it? Hey, what are the biggest challenges you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis? Start to test your idea with surveys. Number two, emails. Just sending emails around into a group, maybe a club, maybe around your office, sort of checking, getting feedback in email. Now, this is the most expensive one of the low-tech options. Setting up a stand. So, if you've got something, perhaps a physical product, maybe you've got a service, maybe you're a, a budding massage therapist and you want to say, I want to see, test my skills out in the market, set up a stand, offer this for free, talk to people, survey them in person. This is how you build feedback. This is the low tech gold. You're probably saying, Nick, this sounds so simple. Well, nobody does this. And when you don't do this, you don't get market feedback. You end up building something that nobody wants. You waste a million dollars and then you're calling me complaining in the DMs that, you know, what do I do next? All right. Now, if you're slightly techie, this is what I do for a lot of different businesses. I run a social media ad or a search ad on Google and I send it right to a little cheap landing page that, you know, you could set up a landing page very affordably with various templates. Film a video of yourself talking about the product and go ahead and build a social media ad and send traffic to this landing page. Now, once someone gets that landing page, you've got to have something to give them, whether it's a sign up, whether it's a button to click, whether it's maybe something, a little mock-up of the product that they could buy. The idea here is don't build it yet. 
just determine if people are interested enough to give you their email. Perhaps they're interested enough to click the button. These are the metrics that you want to test. So figure out what you're testing. For me, I never build expensive products in advance. I want to see that you're interested and you're on the site. Everything starts here with these tests. Whether you set up a stand at the farmer's market or you've set up a social media ad that runs to a uh, cheap little landing page uh, with a template and, and some copy that you cobbled together. You've got to start testing your ideas before building anything. Now, the total cost of this is probably about 20 bucks. So this stage is very low cost. There's a reason why it's low cost. You might need to do this a couple different times. You're definitely going to need to do this a couple different times until you find the recipe. Literally, if you're a baker or figuratively, if you're a digital marketer, that works. That resonates with people. So you've got to hit. People want to buy your t-shirts. This is awesome. People are buying your beautiful uh, dark chocolate brownies, whatever it is that you're making. People want it. This is when you move to phase two, which is also section two of the video called the delivery phase. This means actually getting the product or service into customers' hands in a high quality way. So you only get here when people actually want your stuff. Notice how at no point have we delivered or put the product into people's hands and taken their money until we've determined that they want it. Now, at this phase, we find the cheapest, most effective way to deliver the service. Before we do this, we have to determine three things. Number one, what is the total cost of the project? Maybe I need to invest in machinery. Maybe I need to go and find a partner who is a, a software engineer. How much is that going to cost? We need to determine and catalog the cost of the project. This is critical. Number two, we need to determine how long it's going to take from customers showing up and buying stuff to actually break even on the business. The break even point for the best businesses is, I think I could break even in a week. I think if I sell 100 loaves of bread, I pay for that bread maker that I just bought and put in my kitchen and started this process sort of DIY. So determine how long it's going to take for customers coming in, buying stuff for you to break even. Number three, determine the maintenance costs, meaning after you build the darn thing, how much does it cost to maintain? Does your bread maker or use a lot of electricity? Is the person helping you? Perhaps you have an assistant. How expensive is him or her? This is going to determine if you can stay in business or not. I got to throw this out there. That means if you need Johnny PhD to do the work for you and Johnny PhD needs a thousand dollars a day or he makes 200 or $300,000 a year, you might need to go back to square one to how you're going to deliver this product cheaper because you probably can't afford Johnny yet. Johnny's expensive. All right. So you say, oh, well, I was hoping to hire Johnny. Nick, what do I do? Here's affordable delivery. So three different areas that I consider affordable delivery strategies. Strategy number one, do it all yourself. If you can do it all yourself, well, that's the cheapest and most affordable delivery. You should start here because you're going to learn the in, in and outs of the business. Also, you've created a business that actually has a chance of working because you don't have to rely on anyone else. You don't have to pay anyone else. So do it all yourself. Now, if you can't do it all yourself, you've created something that is multi-stepped, multi-phased, multi-pronged, if you will. I like to call these Slack channel companies. So using a Slack channel, Slack is just a communication tool. It's kind of like a chat room, basically. But you can highly organize these and sort people into groups so you can use contractors to create something that looks like an organized company. Easy communication. Very, very cheap and seamless. Everyone gets along because all the messages are organized and no one's complaining that they didn't see the update. It is just such an easy way to do business. Slack channel communication rooms are absolutely huge. All right, finally, hire a developer to build out custom software to kind of do what you are going to do, make your life a lot easier, uh, but automate it. And this is important. You've got to hire them on a fixed cost project. So that means you need to outline every darn area of the project before you hire a developer. Otherwise, you're just going to bankrupt yourself because you don't really know what the project is. The developer is not going to stick around and figure it out with you. And uh, yeah, that'll put you out of business. So quick moment from our sponsor, The Entrepreneur's Field Guide. Digital course. Come on. I mean, if you haven't checked 
checked it out yet, you gotta check it out at nicholascrown.com. I spent way too much time building this course, probably three months of my life, throwing my entire career of entrepreneurship and business into a box just for you. Super affordable. Check it out at nicholascrown.com. Did you like how I said dot com? All right, section three, this is scale it up. Let's do more of it. Let's sell more to more people. Let's keep going. All right, how do you grow? Really three ways you can grow. You can get more customers, you can raise the price, or you can get more repeat purchases. So if Susie comes in and she buys one loaf of bread, or Susie comes in and now she buys two loaves of bread because because you have this beautiful variety. You have the, the wheat and the white bread and mmm, Susie, she would buy a third variety if you had a pumpernickel. See how you start to diversify your product offering to get more repeat purchases, whatever it is. Once you've identified which area here you're gonna tackle, the more customers, the higher pricing, repeat purchases, you need to determine if you need more talent, uh, more software, meaning more software to act like a robot to do all your dirty work for you. Or finally, more marketing or just more volume to get the word out. So this could be social media marketing, search marketing, influencer advertising, whatever it is, this is gonna cost you some money to get the word out to more people. So how do you think about this scale phase? The best way to scale is to test everything all over again, is to go back into the testing phase. But instead of testing your product, is testing the channels that work. I like to say, figure out what tests you can run without killing your business. If you've got $1,000, you can't run $1,000 tests. You can run $50 tests. See how this testing methodology all fits together. I like to say run and audit. An audit is just another word for a test with a sort of beginning and an end. You got to run an audit on yourself. Do a time and a skill set audit. These are the two phases to determining how you can scale really fast. So where you're limiting the business in terms of time, you're saying, well, I can't make any more bread. I'm working around the clock. Look at my knuckles. They're all covered in dough. And, uh, you know, my feet hurt. Whatever it is. You're the one limiting the business. Another head, another baker, another junior baker, another intern, anything would help you grow here? Or is it a skill set? So if you're saying, well, I love baking the bread, but I don't know how to market it. Well, marketing higher, marketing spend would be the obvious choice here. But how honest are you going to be with yourself? This is a requires a lot of introspection and it requires pushing that ego down a little bit. So you find exactly what skill set you need. If you're not attracting more customers, but you've got the best bread in town, well, maybe it's a skill set issue and maybe someone in marketing could help out. Now, once you've identified a strategy to test, maybe you said, well, look, you know what? I'm going to try and Instagram ads, and then I'm going to try YouTube ads. And then, you know what, I'm going to try uh, a little door-to-door -door salesperson that's going to go knock on all the neighborhood doors and offer them a free sample of bread. I don't know that. I don't know if that's going to be legal in your town, but I'm just trying to give you a variety of options. What you want to do is you want to test these without spending hardly any money again to see which works. Now, if uh, your door-to-door -door bread sample person is starting to drum up business at the bakery because people say, man, that was the best pumpernickel I've ever had. Well, then guess what? You're going to go out and you're going to hire that door-to-door -door bread person seven days a week. Well, not seven days a week. I think six days a week is fine. I don't know what the uh, labor laws are for door-to-door -door bread uh, salesmen. Uh, but if you see that the Facebook ad or the Google ad or whatever it is, is starting to outperform the others, you're going to start to invest more in that strategy and push, push, push. This is how every single business scales just with bigger numbers and just with a wider variety of marketing channels or headcount or software. It's as simple as that. You knew there was going to be a bonus round. The bonus round today is do something 
something crazy, okay? And I don't mean like hold up a bank. Uh, don't do that, okay? Not all publicity is good publicity. There's a, there's a limit. What I mean is don't do what everyone else is doing. So in every business that I own, I add a crazy factor. In what categories? In branding. I ensure the branding sta stands out. Or perhaps feature set. I provide a feature that no one else is willing or capable to provide. Or finally, a way of doing business. The X factor. Kindness. Customer service. You know, acting more like the uh, really rich guy from my old skits. This is the idea that you're delivering business in a way that others can't. So why would you do something crazy like this? It sounds expensive. It sounds time consuming. Well, when you do this, your business becomes addictive because no one else can deliver it the way that you do. To be successful, to get word of mouth, to continue building the machine that is your business, you need to over deliver in some area. You need to over deliver value. So why not start from the beginning and determine where it is that you're going to over deliver? I want you to succeed in your business. I want you to grow like crazy. This is the three phase framework that I've leaned on for so many years. I hope it serves you well. As usual, always more to learn at nicholascrown.com. Thanks for joining me today. What's that I hear? Oh, that's you running your first test for your new business. I'll see you soon.